again, we're all humans and we all break in all the ways and we can all be mended in all the ways. Welcome to Sound Remedies, a world of conversation spread across one couple's kitchen table. The Hamiltons, our spouses, parents, artists, change agents, and amateur social scientists curious about enhancing their family's health. They trade ideas with listeners, experts, and one another, and question the hand-me-down advice we've all picked through along the way. Sound Remedies is an open conversation about culture and a remix on health and wellness. It can reach a level of a diagnosis where you need treatment, but we all experience anxiety. We all experience sadness. Um, <clears throat> all right. Hey, Dasha. Hey, Kim. <laughs> good to see you. It's yeah. always good to see you too. I'm I'm excited. This is uh, episode one. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this is a perfect perfect time to, to launch this thing. Man, what is, what is this thing? Uh, I think you sent me the first email about this thing. It did. So initially, it was building partnerships through the retreat for ways to have these community conversations to get more people from different corners of the community in these bigger conversations around mental health, around the arts, around race and equity, around being excited about getting two-year-olds excited. So a lot of the things we wanted to talk about, and I think all of us remember this little thing happened called a coronavirus, and all of these dialogues were moved exclusively to digital spaces. So this started as an invitation to digitize some of those conversations. And interestingly enough, we land on this discussion of health, us two non-health people. How did we get to Sound Remedies as a name? Sound music is... Uh, it's been, I think, a part of my life personally, professionally. Uh, it's always, it has always made me feel good. Being a DJ, I've seen the power of sound. I've seen a, a stale and disconnected company party, and you play cha cha slide, and and now everyone's on the dance floor, which I believe is the most sacred place on the planet. And, the dance floor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, it's a vibration. Like you feel the vibration in the room rise from the DJ booth. I, I just understand the impact of sound. Wanting to lean into that association, get, getting clarity through, you know, through this podcast. I don't have the same professional relationship to sound and music, obviously, that you do. But just being a human on the planet, I have pay attention to what music does for me and what sounds can do. Um, interestingly, I'm signing up. Oh, by the way, baby, I'm signing up <laughs> to take a sound bath. I know. What is this about? I'm just curious. So I will find out. And it's an it's that experience of gongs and chimes and bells and aura and energy. And I'm completely talking out of the side of my neck, but I know I'm going to go and I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be peaceful and it'll be an experience. But there is science to that. And as the writer, you know, looking at those 19 different definitions of a word for something to be sound, it is sturdy, it is foundational, it is reliable, which isn't always what we can say about remedies that get passed down, that get oh. traded under the shade tree. Oh. Um, not that they're wrong, not that they're wrong. I'm not saying that you can't put baby powder on the arches of your feet and cure a headache. I'm not saying that's not possible. 
but it's probably not possible, but we do it anyway, because <laughs> Auntie says so. I know we like to have everything in our in our in our cabinet from things in the store from roots we pull out of the ground from remedies that got passed down from big mamas from things we've heard the play play cousins tell us and things that we figure out along the way all of that leading into our healing so we just want to make sure that you and I are passing down the best of what we got and that's what everyone else did they passed down the best of what they had a lot of our remedies that we we have we carry in our spirit uh, culturally aren't aren't maybe it may not be as sound as we mm-hmm. were I know uh, you are I not know, right. I, I know you are not. I know you are listen, not. Listen, listen, I know listen, you ain't listen, talking listen, bad about Robitussin right now. Listen, listen, I talk, I, hey, listen, hey, 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 hey! You cannot be. Are you asking? Are you questioning mint rubbed on the forehead? Hey, I had to pray about that thing before I came in, even into this conversation because I, I might be, I might be getting my plate broke uh, about some of the things that's going to come out of my mouth during this podcast. But I, it is, you know, I do want to make sure that with my with the babies, we, we're just passing on information that's going to be uh, helpful and relevant. Sound. Um, sound. I, I say sound. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have the best of what you have with. A little more information with some community, um, I don't know, review, collective conversation, collective figuring out. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. And we know we're not the only two people who are piecing together everything that we know with everything that we're learning, with everything that we hope for. And we have all these things spread across our kitchen table and we want to make sense of it. Some of it's curious. And you and I love to talk about where things come from, where they're going and would and what if. I was talking to um, a friend of mine earlier today and her daughter recently had a baby. You know, I was asking how, how the baby was doing, how the new dad was doing, how her daughter was doing, of course. And in, in addition to the baby being beautiful and the husband being great and the daughter's healing fine, she also talked, she's also talking about a teeny concern she has, not a big one yet, but a teeny concern of her daughter's language. So her daughter is using the language of having postpartum. And I was curious at first I thought she was, um, I don't know, disappointed or, or, or ashamed that her daughter had this, or I wasn't really clear where emotions were coming from, but it wasn't about the idea of her daughter, um, having a challenge after giving birth. It was, um, not that she didn't believe her, but she said, it's not the same that this ain't that. Having a baby is hard. You push the whole human out of your body and you are recovering from this and you are stressed about not getting it right. And I can remember the, you know, being a new mother and before leaving the hospital thinking, why are they letting us leave? We have no idea what we're doing. And all of the terror and fears that come with that. So we got into this conversation about whether or not it was postpartum or was she just overwhelmed and it got me thinking about the times that we've been in conversation with some of our students who had self-proclaimed themselves as having an anxiety attack um, or being in conversations with people who 
after a, you know, are seeking support, seeking therapy for depression. And I only have a psychology minor. <laughs> hey, 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 them classes mean something. But I, but there is something I'm just curious about this. Is that what it is? Are, are we self-diagnosing ourselves wrong? Is it depression or are we sad? This ain't that. So that's where this came from. So this postpartum discussion got me thinking about all the basket of emotional and mental wellness conversations that may get miscategorized or not. As you and I like to say, thoughts or things and words are real. The people around you are using the terms anxiety. Um, that must be what this feeling is. Those names can be paralyzing. If you don't have the resources to get the professional help to address those things, in clinical, I need professional help. If I'm just sad, I could listen to a happy song. Or something. Listen, you know, do it or something, work out, uh, do a coping thing that, that I know will make my body feel good. Mm -hmm. and you know what's interesting? On the other side of this coin are folks, uh, um, and right now I... In my mind, I have a, a visual of three people in particular, um, personal and close to me, where it's the idea of having one of those names, one of those labels, one of those diagnoses is more terrifying than the experience. So we're not going to go to the, we're just going to call it something else. We're just going to downgrade it and call it a bad day or um, call it a scary moment or call it something other than than a concern or a health issue that should probably be in consultation with a professional. But the idea of having a mental illness still holds this stigma, whereas we're not going to seek support or, or care for that illness. The same way we'd run to a doctor if you had a rash or if you had an, an, an odd ache in a, in a um, corp, you know, a body part. So knowing the terms and knowing the language and knowing what this is and knowing what this ain't on either direction, all the way around, I think it'll be a healthy conversation. All right, family, we were able to get in touch with Dr. Munther Barricat from Advocate Aurora Healthcare. He was able to answer a lot of our early questions and some of the questions that you all shared with us. And he was he didn't talk to us in highfalutin psychologist terms. He talked to us, you know, like he's at our kitchen table. I think it was dope to hear him go through all the different mental health conditions. And for me, it was really powerful to hear there are levels to this thing. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And not at all dismissing actual diagnoses, but also giving us some room to reconsider self-diagnoses that are actually just bad days. All right, Dr. Bearcat, welcome. Welcome to our virtual kitchen table. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> thank thank you. You for joining us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. What, uh, just a little bit about yourself before we get into the questions about the conversation we're gonna have, like uh, you're, where, where are you from and how sure. does work find you? So um, I'm a psychologist. I um, work with Advocate Aurora. I'm the director of behavioral health therapy looking over their programming. I'm from Milwaukee, born and raised here. Went to MPS school, so MPS graduate, went to UWM, um, lived outside of Wisconsin for a little bit for grad school, then came back um, and now live in Milwaukee again. So 
Milwaukee's my place. What are some mental health concerns that have given you concern because of how they get discussed in popular culture? Oh, what what are the big and is the big thing that I always talk about? I mean, mental health is still struggling when it comes to us thinking about it as being a stigma. I mean, it's not looked at the same way as any other health issue, and it should be really, whether it's a physical disability or physical illness versus a mental health illness or issue. We got to work through it and heal the same exact way. Uh, I think we're not going to get there and uh, we're not going to start talking about mental health seriously until we get to that point where we think about mental illness the same way we think about a broken leg or a heart condition or things like that. It can reach a level of a diagnosis where you need treatment, but we all experience anxiety. We all experience sadness. Um, is this an understanding of knowing diagnoses and not mixing it up with everyday feelings of emotion because we all experience emotion just like we all experience physical pains and it's not we don't necessarily have to go to a doctor we just got to take care of it maybe like if we have a back pain we we don't work out as hard or we take a day off if we feel sad we might need to engage some coping skills some things that really make us feel good to kind of get us a, uh, kind of get us back up to how we want to function so that's kind of kind of how i look at it and how i feel like the general population should start dr barricat how how did you find this work or did it find you i'm hearing you when you think about mental health and psychology mm -hmm. and in your explanation of our moves forward it's about understanding emotions which mm -hmm. i think we we've been taught to separate those two so you have an interesting approach to the work how did it find you uh, well it, it really was just me exploring what i wanted to do when i started college i didn't know what i wanted to do tell you the truth i started off as a business major huh. i just kind of stumbled across a psych class and i'm like i like this stuff and and really i've been intrigued by emotional experiences and and struggles and anxiety because uh, I felt anxious a lot as a kid, you know, I felt different than everybody else, you know, you know, with regards to my name and who I was. So there was a lot of that emotional uh, component to it. So learning more about that and, and, and having a better understanding was very intriguing to me. So I just kind of stuck to it and kept going and and the research behind um, where, you know, where emotions come from and and behaviors was really interesting to me. So I, it, it was it was odd. I just kind of just stayed on the course and just kept going until I, you know, got my doctorate. This podcast is called Sound Remedies. Being a DJ, we want to have some conversations around music's relationship to our physical health. And we want to unpack remedy. And, you know, we're targeting audiences of color. What we would like to do through these kitchen table conversations is uh, revisit uh, some of the myths and remedies that we grew up with. Do All you need is Robitussin and, and castor oil and and gender um, and gender you can't forget the gender there you go yeah yeah i, I hear out that uh for the middle eastern culture it's it's, it's uh, olive oil like olive oil, is supposed olive to oil. Be there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um really for mental health you, there's such a wide range of being able to um incorporate things because it could be subjective what can help one person and and not help the other person so sometimes you know cultural remedies may have some sort of placebo effect on, on a person, not necessarily like there's any like scientific reason for it to help, but it can still provide a sense of comfort and a sense of, you know, taking some action. Obviously, standalone, you know, isn't recommended. You'd, you'd want to do 
other things to, to help your overall functioning. Um, but there's such a wide range of how you can help yourself. You know, there's emotional hacks you can do to get yourself to feel better. It's not therapeutic and not something that'll help somebody with depression, but it's all, it's thinking about emotions being on this continuum and there's things you could do along the way that aren't, aren't something that a doctor would prescribe, but might be something that professionals will recommend to help people get, get boost, you know, emotional boost or manage their emotion and understand how they, how they feel better, but they're not curious for depression or anxiety, but they, they can help you along the way. So I wouldn't deter anybody from using anything in particular that makes them feel good. So I'm very hesitant about telling people, do not do this, you know, because it might be helpful for that one person. Hmm. Except olive oil. You can't use it. <laughs> Are you, sure you rub it on the inside of your elbow. It cures everything. I know I saw it on the Internet somewhere. <laughs> so what's in thinking about think, small things that can be huge um, and you give yourself you're giving yourself a toolkit, a medicine kit of things that are unexpected. So there could be actual medicine in it. There are foods, you mentioned music. So mm -hmm. we have this curious question we'd like to ask you in terms of what's a sound? What's a sound that's a pick, that's a pick me up? Not an actual sound of music or, or title, but what's a sound that can get you through sometimes for you? Oh, for me, I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like, really for me, it's, it's um, it could be like some just upbeat music. You know, I, I, I enjoy like upbeat music that, that has a rhythm to it that really, and I think that's it could be common among many people, you know, have having that. And it could be kind of just like a, a rhythm, like a, a beat that goes, it really makes mm -hmm. you kind of uh, get, get to a point of being able to say, I can do this or mm. uh, I get you kind of pull you out of it. I kind of sometimes look forward, even sometimes the car ride to work. Um, Cause I, start, I work from home I'll, I'll, for a big period of time over the past year or so. And then, you know, a few days a week I'll come in, but those days I come in, I'll, I was like, you know what? Instead of listening, um, I sometimes listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Instead of listening to podcasts, I'm listening to some music. I'm away to work. But when I come home, I listen to podcasts kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm feeling good. I could just listen. But then to kind of get myself ready for the day, um, music really does it for me personally. Hmm. Is there a sound in the world, not music related, that un uh, unexpectedly there, there are actually common, Yeah, common like nature sounds help people um, uh, uh, feel. And that's, that's actually research shows that it is common among, uh, you know, people that hearing those nature sounds is relaxing to feel. That's when you want to really bring yourself down and uh, get yourself in a calmer state. Um, they even say just sitting outside for a few minutes and just looking at green and listening to the sounds around you. And it's all kind of where we're kind of talking more about right now about mindfulness experiences. And, and you hear a lot about mind, being mindful and uh, doing mindfulness activities and how helpful that is. I think it's become trendy over the past year or so, especially with COVID. Starting people are trying to look for ways to, to feel better. Uh, but that's all falls into that category. And that's another tool that you could use, kind of engaging more in mindfulness activities. So listening to different sounds in your environment and really connecting to them, whether it's birds and, and the wind, listening to the trees, um, can really help people in general. It helps me too, you know, when I want to kind of get in that relaxed state. And it's, again, it's about emotional talent, just knowing what kind of sounds you need for what particular situations. If you're feeling agitated, you probably need more calm sounds and not like hype music that kind of gets you going a little bit. 
you need to kind of listen to more mellow sounds, whether whether it is mellow music or it's just sounds outside or nature outside that kind of gets you kind of tuned in. It's all about emotional intelligence, knowing what you need and how to activate it and, and manipulate it. What specific song would you add to a playlist about mental health? Ooh, that's a tough one. I like 90s music. So I like like 90s R&B and hip hop. I like Lauryn Hill. I think back then, like music was different. And maybe it's just me. I'm biased about it, but I feel like no. music was different. Back no, you're then. right. <laughs> you're right. Miseducation <laughs> is absolutely a, a a positive for your mental health. The miseducation of Lauren Hill. I would yeah, I love that. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Big Casey at JoJo. There's a, there's a vulnerability. With, like with a serious face right now. There's a there's a wide range of emotions covered in that miseducation album. Oh. Big time. Um, and Big and time. a vulnerability that I don't know a lot of oh. or humans uh, give themselves permission to share. You know, oh, no doubt. Smart, smart, smart. Yeah. Any, um, any, anything else we should be asking? I feel like you've given us so much. There was a, a reluctance to go live with this. Don't want anyone to feel that we're dismissing a legitimate diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you, you've said quite a few things that will, will help frame that. We just want to offer the option uh, that you might not be experiencing depression. You could just be sad. Yeah. yeah. And I'm with you on that. It's all about normalizing it, normalizing your emotional experiences. Thank you so much for, for just making this make sense. And in, in my head, I can't speak for Dasha right now, but I definitely have a better understanding of this conversation. Appreciate how far we're able to go and how far we've come. So I've, I've enjoyed this conversation too. Thanks for coming Thank over. You. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so much better. One, not only do I know I need to go outside and put on some Lauren Hill, but I also have tools in my toolbox that I can put in conversation. I can go back to my girlfriend and say, well, maybe it is or it isn't postpartum um, because there are there are levels to this thing. There's a range between how you feel right now and how you feel all the time. And that might be a good place to start and stop. It's going to feel silly and sound silly, but I've walked away like, hey, there are some benefits to putting castor oil on the back of my left knee uh, <laughs> when my right knuckle. You just won't let it go. Just, you just he won't said let it, it go. He said it in the placebo, like there's some benefits. I, I still will need to go get that seed about. Okay, okay. You but you feel uh, good in the moment when it happens. But you I feel good, and that's, and that's good. That there is, there is a value to that. There's a value I to that. I feel the same about turtle Sundays. As you should. A mental health condition that I have questions about, there are actually a couple. One of them is bipolar, and the other one is depression. A lot of people in our community are diagnosed with bipolar, and I don't know how many of us really understand that that is a mental illness and things that we can do to help the people. Hey, I'm calling members. about those sound remedies. Um, I was just listening to Deepak Chakra. And the Deepak has guided me through the pandemic a lot because I love the sound and the vibration of his voice. And then I love time. I just have to be a little bit in between, kind of softly rubbed. Um, I hope that helps you. It helps me. The mental health conditions that I think are shedding the most stigma are depression and anxiety because I feel like more people are realizing that they deal with it than they think. I remember that afternoon that our son was despised.
responded. He's the grandson of suicide. I'm the daughter of suicide. And if I didn't know the questions to ask, he would not have been held in that moment. We need to have the courage to ask the hardest questions in the most exquisite moment. Love you guys for doing this. As far as old school remedies were, our family always talked about you need to move and you need sunshine. And so when you would, you know, start to get blue or uh, start running into a, a feeling of depression, to get out and move, and it, it actually seems to do something to lift your spirit. I really have my idea about um, stillness, since I've learned about meditation and prayer and the importance of finding stillness within yourself. I've totally revolutionized the way I interact with the world. What song would you add to a playlist on mental health? I would say 2.45 AM by Elliot Smith and um, the artist Chris and Team. One of the songs that I would add would be Can't Knock the Hustle, a Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt album. The music is therapy. I love it. Um, a song I would also add is It Gets Better With Time by the Internet. The yeah. song is Love Will Find A Way by Lionel Richie from 1983. <laughs> so that was dope listening uh that was dope everybody coming through under the shade tree yeah i was watching them out the kitchen window hey all the all the play play cousins all the play play cousins <laughs> we love them uh you can find this number on some of our social media uh the number under to get under the shade tree is 213-255-5462 again it's 213-255-5462 that's to uh, get under the shade tree sound remedies uh, what what is the shade tree you know what the shade tree is that's that tree in the yard outside at a family gathering everybody everyone under the shade tree loves you uh, you probably love everyone under the shade tree everyone under the shade tree will tell you that they are all keeping it 100 100 too not even just 100 just 100 and, 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 and all the way real tea. yeah uh and and the older you get, and the more you know, learned it you get for yourself, we start realizing that some of what we got from under the shade, say, shade tree still serves us, and uh, some of the information we we got from under the shade tree has been a liability. What do you say? <laughs> you are being awfully kind to the uncles and the aunties. <laughs> Peace, family. Thank you. During the first episode of our podcast, Sound Remedies, kitchen table conversations to explore physical, emotional, and mental health. Thank you, Dr. Barricat from Advocate Aurora Healthcare. Thank you, family, for calling the message line to contribute to the conversation. Come back in two weeks to kick it at our kitchen table for the next episode of Sound Remedies. Dash and I wonder aloud about the unprecedented impact of screen time, compare experiences and opinions about digital doctors with our Play Play cousins, and take notes on how to maintain digital health from a healthcare expert. Until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to each other. Sound Remedies is sponsored by Advocates Aurora Healthcare, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, and The Retreat MKE.